How <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally stupid. <laughs> oh, Lord. Dennis, my friend, happy hour. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy pre-Thanksgiving, yes. Yes. Tis Thanksgiving Eve. Yes. I it's imagine this episode will go out on Black Friday. Oh. The blackest of all the Fridays. Right. Because of you, all the... Uh, you still say that? What do the white people say about that? I'm sorry, the African-American Friday. Well, it's it's a cold but a sunny day here in Kalamazoo. The leaves have been blown. I have a leaf story to tell you because I, I did tell you the kind of symphonic ballet of... Don't leaf it till the end. The leaf blowers. You know. Symphonic leaf blower symphony story. I mentioned it was from the last episode. Well, do, do continue. Uh, yeah, harmonizing. While, while I'm thinking of it. So I realized the other day, it was a beautiful day. The kids were gone. I was free from grandparental duty. Hallelujah. And I'd been planning to blow the leaves. And I realized to my delight that when I looked out, the leaves were blowing north on a street that runs south north. North happens to be the direction where I want my leaves to go. Because it's to your neighbor's lawn that's... It's to an hate. intersection. It's to an intersection where, with traffic, here's the thing. Traffic, it's off of your property. It's no longer your... No, there's more the to city's it trouble that. Now. That would be... That's not... There's more to it than that. So this is a thing. I'm sorry. This is a, a well-known fact, I would imagine, that but when leaves are subjected to traffic and rain, and they pulverize beautifully, and if they're piled up on the side of the road, they pile up and they don't pulverize, and the cars don't run over them. So what I do is I make sure the prevailing wind is going the direction of the traffic in front of my house that is north, that is toward the intersection. I blow all my leaves into the road, not into the Into oncoming traffic. No, no, never. Into empty roads. The traffic is generated in that road by traffic lights that when they do not change, there's relatively four minutes or so before there's any traffic and there's a long pause. That's, no, when that's when you pull out and back out of your driveway and whatnot. And then during the busier time of days, traffic will come by for three or four minutes. So perfectly timed to have the leaves pulverized and also blown to places where they can more, more quantity become trod over and, and broken down into just stuff that washes away. So you want your leaves to go into the road where the cars run over them and break them down Pulver. into tiny little leaves. Pulverize like tobacco. Right. It looks the, like tobacco. Okay. When it's wet, it looks like wet tobacco. Oh, wet tobacco, as we can all picture in our minds, wet tobacco. This is, wet tobacco is hard to smoke, I've heard. Uh, well, got to dry it out. Precisely my point. Precisely my point. Uh, okay, so you, and this, and then the leaves vanish away into the uh, sewer system. Several things happen. Several things happen. One is that the, uh, the thrust of the vehicles Oof. and the, re, the subsequent rush of air takes the leaves that they run over and puts them in a, looks like a vacuum and goes up the road. And when they slow down or that whoosh has to stop at the intersection where there's a red light, the leaves fall to the ground. So they're transporting whole leaves to a location. Those whole leaves may not, if a truck goes by, which they do, a semi-tractor trailer truck. Amazing. Big city buses. This is a three lane. The middle lane is a turning lane. And there's also a, a crossroads for school children half right from my driveway. So they should be slowing down. But the other way that happens is that some of those leaves blow in the air, then blow away. That's a small percentage probably. But the majority of them... Blow away to where, though? To someone else's They blow yard. up in the air, and then they scatter like the leaves of a tree. Wow. And if you're The curious, leaves are like leaves? The leaves are like leaves. The trees are like trees. Wow. And my neighbor, who is the one who, of course, to my north, who would be most uh, susceptible... To issues that might arise from my my clever and highly 
likely illegal. Your leaf strategy. Illegal, illegal strategy is I do their leaves same set as long as my cord goes. My cord goes all the way past my north neighbor's yard and halfway into the final neighbor before the intersection. You got a long uh, cord. I do, ha- I do half of it. It's actually three chords. And I just, I wish if... Most of my songs I play are three chords. <laughs> so that's similar. <laughs> Which three chords? A, E, and D? Some of them, yes. In the key of D, yes. Oh, Lord. That's, so you're, it's, a, uh, you're a service to the neighborhood with your... Uh, well, some of the people who drive by... You're quite a blowhard. ...don't like it. And the fact is that when the traffic is going by me, the middle lane is wide open. The only use of the middle lane is to pack, to pull over and turn left or whatever. And uh, so they have the lane to go into. So they've got an easy enough way to avoid. I'm clearing out the first lane, blowing the leaves into the second lane, and they're in the third lane. Even if they are in the third lane, they catch the leaves that are in the second lane because of the vacuum impact of the whoosh of the car. And the when they go through there, the whoosh lasts a while. It goes whoosh, and then the leaves fall around near you too. Right. And they spin around yeah. in little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little tornadoes. Those are called eddies. Eddies. Little Eddie. Mm-hmm. Little Eddie. And then the other ones there. <laughs> little brother Lenny. Eddies, eddies and Lenny's. Eddies and Lenny's. Yes. They go out back and they play poker head on. Hey, speaking of poker, the hey. famous John McElveck movie where he is with our, our often bespoken Matt Damon, who's a poker player. John Malkovich. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Sorry. Pronounce uh, his name yes. my own unique way. Yes. Malkovich. Uh, uh, Rounders. He plays a Russian. It? Yes. And he's so good in that. I think we've he's discussed got this before. What's that? I think we've discussed this particular scene we have, before. We have. So I saw it again so since we talked about it. I love because that. I only remember the story Matt Damon told about the accent. Yes. And how after John Metkovich Malkovich uttered the, the phrases, his accent was so bizarre that nobody could believe it. And after the take, which apparently was, was good, he looks at Matt Damon and says, I am such a terrible actor. Yeah. He says, I don't know what I'm doing. Just oh, and, I, and that's when I picked up on the story. So it's one of those chance, wonderful chance things when you're, you're surfing and you land on not just one of your favorite movies, but the best scene in the movie. That doesn't happen very often. One, one of many good scenes, but for me, the best scene. What I love about Rounders is, and this came out when I was, I suppose I still am, although slightly younger, Matt Damon's age. I love the idea of some young, clever people going into a well established institution and using some hack to break it apart and to cheat the system, which I loved about that movie. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was, Ed, it was Edward Norton at his best. He was so good in that. Yes. And he's, he's amazing in literally everything. He is. He that, really is. That and saw. his debut in Primal Fear blew that. That was so amazing. That was the Richard Gere uh, movie where Richard Gere was the lawyer, I think a prosecution against this priest that had molested Edward Norton and Edward oh, Norton no. was putting on this. Oh no, it was, no, it wasn't. It was Edward Norton was accused of murdering the priest and oh. the evidence was all that the priest had molested him oh, and, yeah. and Edward Norton put on this psychopathic, like it was sort of Kaiser Sose level of, yeah. of deception Decept- that he put on that was so in the same way that in these usual suspects, you didn't really know until the end what was going on. And, and what was that movie? <clears throat> Primal Fear, I think it's called. Uh, I think it's got Rousseau, what's her name? Primal Fear, 1996. Laura Linney is the 
prosecutor against. Mm. But I, that was the first he's, time. That was the first time I fabulous. saw Edward Norton, and of course, that was before Fight Club, where he, oh, really, God. he really became a, a person. Just astounding. And have you seen the who's the, the crazy uh, director that cast Bill Murray and Schwartzman and? Uh, has regular just come out with a new French Dispatch. Uh, yeah, the Andrew, Anderson? Uh, Wes Anderson. Yes, Wes Anderson. Yeah, really. He is a frequent actor in his shows, and so one that is so bizarre that it's about two wayward scouts on an island. Yes. Um, and Norton plays the uh, Boy Scout leader in just the most <laughs> believable tones, like he was born for the role. I mean, <laughs> and, and it is a hard this role. Is... Moonrise Kingdom is yes. the thing you're thinking of. Yes. Yes. Very good. That, that movie. I heard an anecdote the other day about, we talk about actors and acting and stuff. And apparently Gene Hackman was interviewed more or less at his peak. He was huge in the 70s and 80s. And then in the early 90s or something, he was really super, super famous. And someone asked him, how are you so, how are you such an amazing actor? And he said, look, I've done this enough times. I know what it is to be an actor. I know what it is to memorize my lines and come in on the day that they want me to come in and sit in my trailer and then go and stand on the little X that they've drawn on the floor and deliver my lines. And I've done this enough times that nothing surprises me such that I'm not nervous about it. Like your first time actors are all are there and they're like all nervous, like they want to do really well, but he's done it enough times so that he gets there and he gets the right tone of voice. And he says, go get those son of a bitches or whatever. And, and he, and he said, that's really all it is. If you're comfortable in doing that and you're, and you look unfazed when you're doing that later, when people watch you on the screen, they think, Oh, what an amazing actor. Like he's such an amazing actor. And Gene Hackman says, look, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just have done this enough that I can get up there and I can do what they ask me to do in such a way that I'm not nervous that I'm going to fuck it up. Right. And, and that's why and that's all it is. That's all uh, it is. That's a wonderful story. <laughs> and, that's a wonderful story. And he, he's not, he doesn't believe that he's this amazing person, but he can stand and deliver a line. Right. And that's right. what it is. So I thought that was pretty funny. And he, uh, bless his heart, he did an amazing feat of retiring. Like he could still be making movies like uh, Morgan Freeman and, he just and, did retire, and those, and those people. Yeah. And 10 years ago, he was like, Meh, that's enough. I have enough. And his Wes Anderson movie was one of his last. If you looked at his filmography, you could probably figure that out. But I thought that his role at his age, so perfectly cast in the Anderson flick of the Tenenbaums, yes. the Royal Tenenbaums, that that might have been one of his last. But I think he might have done a Western after that. That was if one of his would, last. It was his last? It was one of his last. And this is... Look, I said 10 years ago, of course, the, the rule for people my age and, and older is whenever you think a thing is 10 years ago, you have to double it. So it was actually 2001 was Behind Enemy Lines and the Royal Tenenbaums. And he, then he did Runaway Jury in 2003 and then one more movie in 2004. Runaway Jury. Who was the other lead in that? The other film? lead in that was, that's John Cusack and Rachel Weiss and Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. He, he was who's the, who's the drunk lawyer. I think so, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Because his puppet, or he is Cusack's puppet. It's Jury selection. Something like that, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. a long time. But yeah, How long? that's in Runaway Jury, 18 years. Wow. You're right. <laughs> wow. He's like, yesterday. but yeah, that's his idea to just be like, okay, I'm done. You're telling uh, me Royal Tenenbaums was 20 years ago plus? Exactly 20 years ago. Oh my God. Yep. Where does time go? 
It goes into Pat goes out slip slipping slipping into, into the, the future. future. Wow. Yep. Keeps on slipping slipping slipping. Fly like an eagle, baby. I want you to fly like an eagle to be free. Fly like an eagle with a great big beak like me. I want you to fly. <laughs> well, so well. Gene Hackman was born in 1930. So he's 91. I loved him. Yep. I loved his acting. He was always good. Yep. So, so. we have a, a Western to talk about that I've seen. Oh, we do. The um, News of the World. Oh, I watched. Yes. You recommended that, and I found it. The flicks of net, and it over two sittings. I watched the whole thing, and it was uh, good, man. I don't. I think you're on record as saying that you would like to live in the old west, like you you like that world, and it's no, thank you. There's it's this very <laughs> there's something in the heart of the American soul that is the old West. It's the, I make my own rules. I do whatever the fuck I want. I've got a gun in my land and I'm going to do whatever that, that persists to this day that doesn't exist in Europe or Asia or other countries. It's this fierce independence. And I make my own rules that that's the old West inhabits. That is, it just allows any old, it allows the worst of humanity to win. That's about explains why I, why I want to be in, because I know that's a club that would have me. <laughs> because like it allows the the strongest bully to, yeah. to be you, the king. You, you, you may, you may not understand my motivation, which you haven't asked about, because all I did was give you an era. There was no explanation. You were hardly curious about any of that, but the motivation is somewhat about what you say, but I want to live in the old West because I want to be rich. And I think that was a really good time to make that happen. <laughs> yes. If but you were at the, if the you richest, were at the, the richest man in the old West lives you, in worse conditions than you do now. So I don't know that's necessarily true, depending on the era of the old West, particularly as it became so much gentrified in the late, you know, mid 1800s. But here's the deal is that the money that was to be made was yet to be made in land and in the minerals and, and things of that nature. And sure. being at the right place at the right time, just as the American rail system really took hold and then it's therefore being able to, to transport more readily. Yes. So that's what I think about. But, yeah, but you part, know that, part no. of that is because I've been reading cowboy novels all my life since I could read and I still read them. Larry McMurtry is my favorite cowboy writer in the world. And some of his stuff is I've read it four and five times. So there's all that part of it too. And so my depth of my swath, swath, if you will, of during that whole era of the West being wild and less wild, et cetera, of all the things I've read, I've seen all sorts of bits and pieces of it in long strings of it. And it's a broad view. With that, I see myself in this la-la land of being in the in that swath, if you will, that vein that ends up being at the right place at the right time and, and, and being able to bonanza. Yeah, that's a bit like how, because all we read about in the past are the famous people in the royalty. Whenever someone, whenever you ask someone about their, their past lives experience, they're always like a princess or something. But wouldn't it be, and I know you have some past life stories, but we'll leave that aside. But I don't know. It's You can look back at any era from the future and be like, Oh, uh -huh. 
I could have in the nineties, I could have invented a website where people could share photos of each, of each other and stuff and have become <laughs> yeah, rich. And I, I understand that this isn't some magical journey backward. The question really is if there was another era when you were born without any, anything else other than that life. You're adding an assumption that you would know that you would be the clever one to, no, to tap into no, the vein. No, of, I'm not. No, I'm not. This, you got it wrong. What I know like is the opportunity to do if so. I, that if I and my being, all of my characteristics, my skills, my habits of my being is there, I know that I will make it happen to be at the right place at the right time. I know it because ah. that is my destiny. Nice. It's your destiny. You're my density. Yes. It's super libertarian, right? Hang on. Sorry. Thank I'm God so you can edit. I'm sorry. What just happened in the edit was that I saw that you have a ponytail. What about that? <laughs> well, What's... I haven't cut my hair since COVID, so I keep it out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, then we'll leave that where it is. Hey, so I did my research on... Oh, hold on. Let's stick with the, the Western, the oh. world, news of the world. Oh, yes. That's how that this... all started. <laughs> this, uh, to sidestep one more time, you've seen Westworld, right? Yes. So that's the sort of, it brings out every, the most malicious bullying nature of anyone sort of feeling that I get about the wild west movies Yeah, is like in, in news of the world, there's this guy that is just a dick and he wants to fuck with people. And he goes and bothers these people that are just minding their own business because he fucking feels like it because he's a bully. Uh, And he wants to sell the girl for money. Yeah, but sure. But it's more than that though. I think he he pursues them in a way that that isn't just about, Hey, wouldn't it be great to have a 13 year old girl? No, no. it's about fuck you. You say no to me. You're right. a dead man. Exactly. Some overblown. Which is how ego. I got you to do this podcast. And, but <laughs> it's... I remember when the podcast was born in the backseat of a, a crowded uh, wagon of some kind. Yes. A struggle wagon. Yes. It, but uh, yeah, this story, the, the girl was amazing. Like she, she didn't have a lot of lines, but she was there and stoic in the way that she had to be, especially next to such a legend. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, like this sort of movie seems like just child's play to to Tom Hanks. Like he can do this in his sleep, um, this sort of level of... I know what you're saying, and that's high praise. I watched an interview he did that he described this movie and working in it and what it meant to him. And he completely centered on his actual relationship with the fabulous young actor that played the girl mm-hmm. and how what went on emotionally for both of them in the scenes was heartfelt because of their relationship. And he said, it stands out in that regard that he played off a character so mightily, unlike some of them where he's just like, was, was the one not stranded. Lord. God, that's yeah, so bad. The one where he's on and on by himself. This reminds me of something that George Clooney said. His, one of his more recent movies is called the midnight sky. Mm-hmm. where he is basically he's there's some natural disaster and he's left alone on earth on the at the north pole and he's there with a little girl what's and it called the midnight sky right that down 2020 recent 2020 pg-13 oh. and he talks about in interviews he talks about his relationship with that girl and how that in the same way that you're saying 
they developed this emotional connection that is what made the movie what it is. It's actually startlingly similar to. Um, did he did he direct this? Probably he likes to do that sort of thing. Director George Clooney, yes. I've, I've read of it. I've read of it. I don't know. It, did, did you? Didn't you have homework to do? I have lots of homework. You're With George Clooney. Where for art thou? I've seen that before, but oh. not since you told me to see it. But no, I have my homework is the uh, the Australian show that I can't yet download. Wakefield. Wakefield. Oh, and I'm 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 caught up, and I will tell you this: I am riveted, riveted, but. Enough of that because you haven't seen it. And let's move on to something else you haven't caught up with, which is that I just saw the latest episode of uh, Succession. Yes. And it is the best acting I've seen in a television series comparable to scenes from a marriage and some other stuff like that. And was because one of the things they're doing, what these billionaires are doing, is they're meeting in these wonderful, gorgeous resorts to pick the next president of the United States. Oh, really? Based on, yeah, based on the amount of money they have. It's who the big, and, and who's going to support who, and all the candidates are there, and they're wooing. And uh, because that scene and that whole atmosphere is something that I followed in so many different ways uh, for decades. Across the years, yep. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to, to see it. And I'm so now woven into the characters and understand each of them so well after so many seasons, so many episodes. Right. That it's just... I just look at it and I say, my God, you're even better than you have been. Karen McCulkin, you need to see when you watch Succession, like you may do anyway for some movies. I, I watch a lot of stuff with the, the, the words on the screen, whatever you call that. What? Subtitles, close caption. Subtitles, yes. And what I loved, I saw this last episode twice. And one of my favorite scenes that I needed to watch again was Roman. This is his character's yes. name. In the, and he's in the bathroom with a particularly vile candidate and they're getting ready to go back out in the other room where they're talking about who the next president is going to be. This guy wants to be president. And the language that he uses in this two, two, two actors on the screen for minutes and minutes and back and forth, the dialogue for him is something that I want you to see so bad because in, in fact, you should take a picture of it and we should talk about it because these phrases he uses really should be dissected the way that he talks. I'll leave it at that. More homework for you, inclusive of watching all the episodes up until the last one. So yeah, quit I, working so much. I wish you spend yeah. way too much time with your family and watch more TV. Indeed, indeed. Hopefully with this holiday weekend coming up, I might be able to escape some more. The, yeah, uh, I have a movie that I've heard about that is on HBO Max, at least in the States. Uh, called King Richard. Have you heard of this? King Richard. I've heard of the movie, but there's probably three or four of them. But like from the name, you can't possibly know what it's what it's about. It's starring Will Smith, and it's about tennis. It's a look. The the summary is: it's a look of how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching of their father, Richard Williams. Played by Will Smith. Presumably, yeah. I've heard a lot of praise for this movie, particularly that however they did the tennis scenes are very, like it's good tennis like strokes being played. How you watch a movie about golf and uh, Rodney Dangerfield is out there and he doesn't really, he's never really played golf and he's just attempting to play a golfer. But apparently they, however they did it, either with really training the actors or with CGI or something, they did a really good job with this 
with the sports aspect of this. And that is homework for both of us. I have. And that is, say it again. It's supposed to be on HBO Max, King Richard. Oh, right. That should be interesting. Hey, speaking hey. of sports. Sports. Remember how last week I told you that I was going to go and play golf on yes. the beach? I saw the pictures. Yeah. It I was, was so impressed with the pictures. It was it was a lot of fun. The one with the golf ball and the water, the bay, and the island in the background was just wasn't that lovely? Spectacular. I was so impressed. I was so impressed. So we we showed up there. We the tee off was at 10 a.m. And we had to check in and stuff and get our cards and stuff and then walk out to wherever our first hole was. How many? Of nine. And the end of the course is where the is where you pick up your cards. And so the people that, that organize it and their best friends all start at hole number one so that they can end up at hole number nine and, and be done with it. And then the next best golfers start at hole number two, which was me. Where'd you start? Hole number two. So ah. I had to walk all the way out to hole number two. And then when we finished hole number nine, walk all the way back to hole number one, play one hole, ah. and then walk all the way back. Whatever. It's okay. That's why number two strive to be number one. Exactly. Exactly. So right. you right. don't you don't want to be a number two. Well, a little nice combination of punishment. And motivation you need but it was a lot of fun like so i haven't swung a golf club in a over a year and my golf clubs are like the grips are like rotting yeah in a way that tell like, me you got it from don't tell me the, the chest title the very very good the trust there yes and so like I need to get them fixed, but I didn't have time for this event oh. but but it, anyway it was okay it was all right why didn't you put some tape on them I, I could have, but again, who cares? And it was... So you use irons? Yeah. The the longest hole was 170 yards. Huh. And again, they're all measured in meters. So whenever I get to the tee, I have to tell my phone, hey, what's 110 <laughs> meters in yards? And it says 121 yards or whatever. Right. And then I know. And But it was weird because you're hitting towards the water and there's a bunch of dry sand that you have to clear. And then there's a bunch of sort of soft, moist sand that if uh -huh. you land in, you're going to be in trouble. beach, in other words. But, and then it's the hard sand. And if you land on the hard sand, it's going to roll for fucking ever down yeah. into the water. Not all the way to the waves, but... Toward the water. <clears throat> towards the water. To the little puddles of, of water. And... So your goal is the moist sand before the hard sand. But then there's a lot of luck involved. Like sometimes you hit it and it bounces just the right way into the hard sand such that it rolls to, a little bit. to the hole to the hole and stop, stops there. Did you do that? Uh, a couple couple of times. The the first couple holes, I didn't have my groove and I was struggling and they would, the balls would go left and right, but more or less the right distance. Sometimes one, one I, like with, if you hit a pitching wedge and you cut it really thin, it goes low and far in a bad way. But then on the longest holes, the 150, 160, 170 yard holes, I hit really good shots that like looked like I knew what I was doing. And using what? Five iron? Between, yeah, between, uh, six and a four yeah that'd be and five <laughs> just saying the average was a five iron yes <laughs> and the and on those holes i those were the only holes that i parred were the longest holes they're all par threes but but those were the only holes that i had strokes on because i was narrowed down to a handicap of three for this particular tournament and so it so those ones i i got a i got a birdie and it was scored with stapleton system which means that those were three points and then i got another one that where i had a bogey kind of just one or something i don't know but it it was a lot of fun and people uh, participated so there were 10 threesomes so i guess uh 30 
there were two that started on on the first hole. And what was the award uh, reward? What was the? Uh, there was trophy? a tro- there was a little trophy and bottle of wine and a bottle of olive oil because we're in Spain where there was a trophy. But so what did you fun. place? I did not place. I was in the middle, but not at the end. Not out of thirty. But, so. Out of thirty. So I will say seventeen. Because in spite of the pars you made, the others not so much. Yeah, in the other holes there were some times when like. Uh, three foot putt was like three putted and stuff. And uh, what were you putting into a regular size golf hole in the yes. west sand? A regular hole. The flags, you, we are told to not touch the flags because if you move the flag, then the hole moves and then the sand yeah. gets un, undone or whatever. And it, the rule is that you, you can't use your putter until you're inside uh, green that is like drawn, but with spray paint. Right. The hole. I've seen that so, in pictures. So most of really only the last shot is with the putter. And the rest are in previous this year, I thought, oh, I'll be smart. I won't take any. I remember from previous years that a three wood is a pretty nice off green putter when you need just a putter. Yeah. I've, and so I used a, like a three iron for that yeah. sort of thing. But yeah. anyway, it was okay. It wasn't, uh, you had fun though. I'm pleased with my performance after such a long time of, of absence. Right. So that's my conclusion. And it was, uh, it was good. So, yeah, I envied your weather. And your Man, is such such a beautiful coastline. That, that weather, I can't I, wait. I can't wait to be there. We had the I'll most beautiful you. weather, the most beautiful, perfect weather. I was in short sleeves in November, and then immediately the day after, it started raining, and it's going to rain for five weeks. So we just got so so lucky, and that was a super low tide because it was the day after the eclipse in, in the U.S. All right, super full moon. So that was awesome. It was it was fun to do and to get out the old sticks and smack a ball yeah, around. I, Batter down the hatches here. I'm now ready for winter with the various beyond the leaf blowing the all the toys, the children's toys, and the swimming pool stuff, and the lawn furniture all has to be covered and dry. And it all fits in your new shed. I've got a shed, a storage area, awning area. The, the lawn furniture fits perfectly, stacked up under the awning, which is two open sides. And then the back of the shed and the back of the storage shed, beautiful little space. And once I put the stuff in there and cover it with the tarp, it's completely out of harm's way. Beautiful. And then the storage on the area is plenty. Then my shed and, and my garage, which I uh, straightened out. I've been a little obsessed with getting things organized, but I got to be ready for winter because so many years, never ready for winter. Go outside and, oh, there's some lawn, you know, lawn furniture in the snow. You're always the ants, never the grasshopper. Ah, but now after 67 winters, starting to say, hey, I wonder if you should maybe uh, get ahead of this just a little bit. Indeed. That's... The snow bl- Check out the snowblower before it snowed, <laughs> which I did. I did a nice job. I got pictures of it in case you want to see. We used to do a favorite photos. implement or a favorite tool. What's your tool of the week? Tool of the week. Leaf blower. Not snowblower. Leaf blower. Leaf blower. Leaf blower. Although the only a fool would use three long cords. But I, GCD, I, man. They make them motorized that are you put on your back like a backpack and it looks suspiciously like Ghostbusters. But the power is greater than what I have. The ease of use is wonderful. Dexterity mobility is 100% as opposed to cords. You can blow anywhere. You can blow about anywhere. So I'm thinking about it. But anyway. You could walk into a a bank and just like start blowing (laughs) money everywhere. Turn it on. It's Yeah. And let the people, that, that would be cool. It's like, say, this is for everybody, stand still. Then you jump on the other side and tell everybody to open up all their money. Right. You leaf blower it and the clerks can get the money too. Indeed. It's like, even it's, the bank they can share. So nobody blows the button. Oh, no. It's let's all share in this wealth. Let's just, 
Let's Bonnie and Clyde this motherfucker. Let's get this shit done. Let's take the money and run. And everyone will shout out, the insurance company will reimburse them. Indeed. Federal Reserve. FDIC, motherfucker. Did you see, uh, did you, speaking of sinking ships, did you see all the indictments that Congress is going to be putting out for felony indictments for obstruction of justice and Congress failure to testify? <laughs> Just a whole slew of people. And the guy who paid the highest percentage, greater than 50% of all the millions of dollars it took for the rally, the, the, the stages and the lights and the and electronics, and you got to pay for security and the police, and the, the permits and all that. The guy who paid for most of that, named Alex Jones, was interviewed on camera and he says, listen, this is what I was told. Wait, is this Alex Jones, the uh, Alex Jones, another guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And a businessman. And he said, this is what the plan was. Trump was going to say at the end of his speech to march to the Capitol and he would lead the way. And just before that, I was to be escorted to the head of the march and Trump would meet me at the steps of the Capitol. That's what I was told by the White House to do in exchange for me paying for all of it. Camera interview. And he's like saying like, so, I mean, that's what happened. So I paid money and this is what was supposed to happen. Of course, Trump never showed up. But wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Donald Trump promised to do something and then didn't do it? What? Yeah. But <sighs> Unbelievable. Best, best march ever. Best march ever. I know, I know how to do marches. I've enjoyed our time and more specifically my time just oblivious to politics. Like I don't watch the news. I don't care. Whereas before it was just in my face all the time and it was entertaining in a way that I couldn't look away. And now it's boring in a way that I can look away. And I'm so grateful <laughs> for that. I'm so that's funny, but you're funny. It's just, how about our first female president? Oh yeah. What? 40 minutes. That was, that was amazing. Given the way that her uh, record is playing out in the White House, it's likely to be the only time she was ever president. She is doing really? nothing whatsoever to make anyone think that she could be president of the United States. Nothing. She's being interviewed. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She really? tries to make light of stuff. She gets stuff wrong. All right. Let's start our politics corner here. Tell me about what our VP this is, is what I've been. This is what I've been reading, and it's easy enough to... To, to find it and read it, but it's the fact. I could, but I don't want to. They won't even let her do live interviews. It's like it was, she was being interviewed by none other than the, the freaking NBC icon, African-American interviewer in, in primetime television. I'll think of his name in a minute. But yes, Lester Holt. And he's as nice as he can be. And he says, well, here it is, all this talk about immigration, and you've never been to see the wall. And she said, yes, I have. And blah, 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 blah. And he said- When was that? that within months. No, he said, no, you've not been to the wall. And she said, I've never been to Europe either, for that matter. And she burst Fuck. out laughing. Wrong answer. And she burst out laughing. And she looks at him laughing because she's, so, she's got a great vivacious personality. And as if she's going to cozy up to him and wink, wink. And he would have none of it. Well done, Lester. There was this other interview where she completely screwed something up. And when she went to Paris recently, where she was with the first gentleman, she has been to Europe. you're seeing some good press about him and the way that he handles things. And they wouldn't do a press conference. And the French press were like pissed. They're like, what the fuck? 
you're the vice president of the United States of America, the first woman president, come over here and you're not doing a fucking presser? I mean, what? And she had some access to the press, but it was a snub. And it was mm. like, how could you be so fucking stupid? You know, you could piss off a lot of people, a lot of countries. Don't piss off the French. No. They're never going to forget about it. They're... There's no evening the score. There's no rehabilitation. <laughs> you're done for the they rest were. of the history of the Republic. You're, you're done. Well, you know, they were the best that we could come up with. And well, well, listen, listen, all I'm saying. So how worried are you about uh, 2024? And the possible 2024, uh, revival uh, the, of mid, the midterms. No. no, the midterms are coming up. I yeah. don't even think about 2024. I'm worried about the midterms. I don't want to get ahead of myself. If the House goes Republican, it's only a three seat majority. They lost so many seats. They, they lost so many seats when Biden came in. Right. And they've got a few weak links. But the thing that is happening, and it happened in the race for Virginia governor, where the white voters who could not hold their nose to Trump, who said, I don't want to, but I will vote for Biden because I can't abide by Trump. Those people were not convinced that they should have that attitude about the Republican candidate for governor. Right. And so he won't handle it, which the opposing party of who wins the presidential race has won the governor's election, which happens every year in Virginia. There's no two terms, there's only one term for decades, for 40, 30, 40 years. They've, whoever the president wins, the governor is another party because okay. it's, a, it's a, a yin and yang of it. So this kind of worrisome thing about Biden's agenda, which will squeak by with the Senate approval of the next multi-trillion dollar bill, which they cut in half from $3 trillion to $1.5 trillion. And there's different senators who could stop stuff, two Democrats, particularly Manchin from Virginia, who has a 67% approval rating in Virginia compared to Biden's 34. Joe Manchin doesn't care about Joe Biden. It, it isn't like he's going to, it isn't, wow, it's good, it's good for me politically. It's not. But he's a Democrat and he's loyal, but he's got no, he's got nothing to gain. And so he is largely responsible for the House cutting the three trillion bill in half because he start, he said that would be a good starting point. So the, the, what's happening in the Republic is so astounding. But my point is this, is that this may be the last chance because if the House goes Republican, which oftentimes it has in the off election year, doesn't matter. Obama got his ass kicked. Bush got his ass kicked. Yep. Clinton got his ass kicked. Everybody gets their ass kicked because that's what happens in the midterms. It's the pendulum. Yeah. You said you were going to do these great things. You haven't fucking done half of them. Fuck you. Congress hasn't let you normally, but yes. And so that means that that shapes the 2024 election in a way that the worry meter is higher or lower. Depends <laughs> on what happens. But the thing is this, is that there's an absolute tie in the Senate. That won't stand, Wade. That's going either way. That won't stand. So the slim vice presidential vote, one point margin they have in the Senate is so delicate that one way or the other, it's going to change coming up. And that's why 2024 is, oh, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. It's a shame that that politicians can't and won't and don't think of their legacy when they're in office. They, well, think, they, do. they, they think about what's best for me now to get to there a little higher up point where I can then do more stuff or whatever. Like it's very president-centric, it feels. Every senator looks in the mirror and sees a president. But it's not, like, they they don't think, That's their legacy. oh, how are my great-grandchildren going to look back at me and with, with my vote against climate change initiatives? No, that will change. all go away when I'm president. That's how I'll be remembered. You want to know my legacy? 
it's real simple. I look in the mirror and I see a president. So your point about legacy, their legacy is fucking bankrupt. That's right. the problem. That's the problem. No one thinks that this is as high as I'm going to get. Every senator looks in the mirror and sees the president. This is not That's my, a, po- my podcasting make, career. I, is, you've heard that before. This is right? just I the mean, start. That was written by a journalist somewhere many years ago. You could, Some historian is going to be listening to this and be like, ah, oh, this is how Eric started out in his, his podcasting career when he became podcasting president later. It's just my Lord. a little blues, a uh, little blues tonight. There's a little Thanksgiving Eve uh, blues jam down at the old dog. You mentioned that before, I think maybe years in years past, you've done that. In years past, well, Thanksgiving. in years past, it was a big night for my brothers and I to go out. Right. Because um, you said that was a big. Yeah, it was like reunion. Right. And uh, this will be the same. My wife was out getting her hair cut at 6.30. So I asked her to join me. But I don't know. She doesn't much want to want to go into a place where people aren't wearing masks, even though we're both boosted and et cetera, et cetera. It's just too weird. I've got some hesitancy, but probably not enough to uh, keep me from going. I'll wear a mask going in, but you're drinking your beer and playing harmonica. It's so hard to have your mask on. It's your mouth holes, man. You got to keep your holes open. <laughs> Close. Like I've been saying. Yeah, that whole situation. When After our golf thing, we went and we had uh, lunch at the restaurant where we three years ago had lunch with John Rahm. Oh, yeah. And that was at the last event. No, it was two or three years ago, but it was the same place. And was that because it was all planned for that? It's the restaurant owner is a friend of the golfing community here. So we go there. But it was we were just all there in a closed space with without masks because you're eating and if there was any COVID in there we would all have it but at this point being vaccinated and having had it i just can't get up the fear that i had a a year ago it's just whatever so now i put on my mask as a virtue signal to other to other people that hey i'm following the rules hey i heard i said this last episode but i heard a, a term recently the term virtue signaling where you do a thing so that people think that you're super clever, but virtuous, virtuous. Yeah. Not, not super clever, but yeah, virtuous that, that you're, I'm doing this thing because I'm a good person. Yeah. And people do, people will oftentimes do that even if they're, if they don't really believe in what they're doing, but I heard the term vice signaling, the opposite of virtue. Sure. Uh, sure. Sure. And, and so I know what it is. That's I, a thing. <laughs> that's why they call her the vice president. Am I right? I'm, I'm familiar uh, with vices. Yeah. No, but they, they, it, it's what the, to throw them all under the bus, they, what the Republicans uh, do, where they intentionally don't wear masks in a place where um, it would make sense to do so. They intentionally do things that are dangerous or are stupid just to thumb their nose at the, at the rule makers. I thought that was an interesting right. term. Vice so it's, uh, this is a weird time for, because of social media, for the movement of people out of positions of power and place where they sit because everything is recorded everything is everything is this being recorded no thank god you probably forgot to press on again i like that one episode hidden episode number two otherwise known as episode 133 135 i think we're at 135 well i missed a couple well my friend enjoy your uh, bluesy blues night yeah i will i will i'm looking forward to it it's but i won't stay i don't think i'll stay long i don't know how long i'll be there so we're having um thanksgiving on friday because the children's black friday significant others are going to their spouses on 
Thanksgiving Day. So, yeah. Did so, you say wow. it was next week that you're going to miss? It's really December sometime. What's the date? The f- first. Yes, I will miss it. I'll be on an airplane. All right. In that case, it'll be another two weeks for our listeners to... You can just... You can go back to it. episode number 74 and <laughs> figure out whatever the hell Dennis says project with was what at that time so i didn't tell you the, the the picture of the tool of the month you have to i'll have to send that to you with the ridiculous cord but for a backpack i, uh, went, out, I went outside to blow some leaves this evening it's something that i truly do enjoy i blow those leaves where no one will ever see them I blow them just about to kingdom come. Oh, blow away, you pesky little leaves. Oh, blow away, you pesky red and yellow things. You're shriveled up and dry, and you remind me of myself. So I want you moving forward and don't land upon my shelf. Myself and my shelf. Solid uh, rhyme. Solid see, rhyme. See how that worked? Yes. See how that worked? I well. took a photo the other day of my bookcase and I called it a shelfie. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm glad you I'm glad you were clever one time before this thing. Can we turn this thing off? Before this now? thing ended. God, you've been saving it up for an hour and, hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> good for you. Well done, old chap. See you in two weeks, my friend. Well done. Adios, amigo. Okay, that's it for episode number 135. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 135, where we have links to all the movies and stuff that we talked about. And everyone, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Go eat some turkey, watch some good old American football, and we're going to take a week off, and we'll see you in two weeks.